millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I have to be honest and say I didn't have a lot to say. (laughs) And from somewhere the idea came that we um, should travel down into... Croatia to refugee camps there and take people some winter clothes. And just that relatively simple experience, I suppose, was the beginning of it. After that trip, the conversations between John and I sort of advanced and the notion of should we try and actually help deeper into Bosnia itself came up and we thought about how we could best do that and we decided that perhaps medicine would have the biggest impact. You know, it would be it would be most honest to say that we didn't go in with much of a plan. We didn't know what we we're doing, and we just went in and tried. It's a simple idea to think that you can help people, uh, and if you keep it simple, then I suspect your chances of having an effect are greater. With a load of medical supplies, a lot of goodwill, and some naivety, Tony, American John Ashton, and another Kiwi, John Coghill, launched the Emergency Medical Response Agency. The team climbed into their Land Rover, nicknamed the Beast, and began their first trip into the war zone. First stop was the city of Mostar. Getting into Mostar was an interesting experience because um, travelling these roads with the various uh, militia groups around, none of whom were really regular militia with any degree of training or discipline, was a scary prospect, particularly for someone like me who had no experience at this. And so we were very careful as to where we drove and and we decided to take one or two back routes to try and avoid known uh, uh, militant checkpoints, be those Croatian or Serb or even Bosnian. All sides were unpredictable, I think it's fair to say. Uh, And we're going along one particular back road above, a little south of, of Mostar, and came across basically a ruined church. It was not quite rubble, but certainly extremely damaged, and the inside in particular was damaged. A lot of gunfire, a lot of what I grew to recognise as rocket-propelled propelled grenade damage. Clearly a desecration more than a battlefield, I think. From Mostar, um, we carried on up into Sarajevo. But before they could enter the city, they had to pass a checkpoint run by a notorious militia member called Sonia. There was a checkpoint called Checkpoint Charlie. Cautiously pull up towards this uh, this checkpoint uh, and are waved over to the side of the road by several AK-47 holding uh, Serb militia. Uh, and in front of us on the road, there were dark, dried stains, which were were clearly blood stains. But we we knew well from you know reporting and and United Nations briefings that checkpoint Charlie was absolutely a place where ethnic cleansing had happened, you know, murders had taken place, and this lady, Sonia, was accused of leading or personally committing a number of these murders. Nervous, hands on the wheel, (laughs) don't want to get out of the vehicle, you don't want to get out of the vehicle when you're in those situations. And then a lady walks out of a hut or something on the side of the road, and John Ashton said, that's Sonia. And in those situations, truth is, it's it's, it's pretty unlikely that internationals as we were were going to be shot. But there's every possibility that I'd just confiscate our vehicle and take what's inside it and tell us to walk down the road. Sonia made Tony get out of the vehicle and open up the boot. She began to search amongst their supplies. 
and then she saw something towards the, the back of the boxes and just sort of gestured towards them and I didn't really know what she meant so I reached in and I found a box of um, tampons it took me a moment to realise she was gesturing towards those and then it did start to dawn on me so I picked up a small box of tampons and handed them to her at which time I immediately sensed a lightning in her mood the look on her face the, the energy around her and I suppose with relief just grabbed Several more boxes of tamils. In fact, I think I gave everything we had. Once free, they made their way along Sarajevo's infamous sniper's alley and into the city. Tony was shocked by how it looked. Hurt. Everywhere you look, mortar damage, RPG damage, many bullet holes. There must have been some quite big guns involved at times because there were some quite big holes in the ground. But the most common thing was just was bullet damage. Um, you know, I, I learned over time that the Serb strategy with Sarajevo was that of, of, of a diversion. Um, they didn't want to overrun the city. They wanted to make it the focus of international media attention while more conclusive military action was taken around Sarajevo and the countryside with the objective of, well, as we now know, cleansing villages and areas of Bosnia so they could be re-inhabited by, by Bosnian Serbs. But, you know, Sarajevo was, was beaten up and, and sore and ugly, that initial trip lasted just a few days and was the first of many over the next year. After a while, the strain began to catch up with Tony. I'd flown out and flown up to the military base up in Frankfurt and was catching a train back down to Munich. But I started just crying on the train in front of people. There is adrenaline in danger, but it's quite addictive stuff. At one level, I grew to look forward to going in between going in, I felt flat. And I know it's perverse and, and some people won't understand, but it's, it's real, it's, it's a little bit addictive. The team travelled to Washington and set up a meeting with Congressman Charlie Wilson. Wilson was renowned for his work with the Mujahideen in Afghanistan, his exploits later made famous by the movie Charlie Wilson's War. Wilson was also famous for his taste in staff members. The first room he walked into not unlike the film, did have a lot of attractive young ladies there. Uh, and then looking up above the door that led into Charlie Wilson's office literally was a Stinger missile mounted above the door. The short version is he was dead keen to come into Bosnia with us. Um, obviously he'd done it in Afghanistan, and if we could achieve that, then a number of things would happen. Obviously a bit more focus on the conflict there, not to say the world wasn't paying attention. And, and we're after congressional funding, which in the end we didn't get. And in the end, Charlie Wilson did not travel into Bosnia with us. Uh, I can only presume that someone told him not to, that he had played that card once before, and but uh, he probably wasn't going to be allowed to play that game again. When in Sarajevo, Tony would hire locals to act as interpreters. One was a young woman named Gorza. She was a young Serb girl, 18 or 19. To get to the small suburb where her apartment buildings were, where she lived, you had to walk across a bridge literally nicknamed Body Parts Bridge. And one particular day, I was walking across this bridge with her, and I was scared. Uh, it's an open area, um, and two snipers uh, would shoot down on that bridge. And it was called Body Parts Bridge because, quite literally, these snipers didn't shoot to kill people. They shot to wound them and then leave them there alive and occasionally shoot a leg or something. Gortzer tells me, look, I know one of the snipers. He used to live in our neighbourhood. Actually, I think, he, I think he used to fancy me. And she said something along the lines of, I don't think he'll shoot me. Of course, I immediately think, well, if he fancies her and I'm walking with her and he's there today, then that may not be a good outcome. 
we had used some money, some of the precious money that we had to buy body armour. And you know what? We, we virtually never wore it. And she, of course, couldn't have body armour. She'd never get near it. Um, so how could I? So I wouldn't. This was brutal, personal war, fought between neighbours and relatives, and fired by ethnic and religious hatred. I remember being in Travnik, the Muslim call to prayer. Whenever the call would go across the, the, the town, immediately the gunfire would increase. The hospital, which was in active use, was um, being shelled. The staff put a big red cross on it, and it attracted more gunfire. Across the country were military checkpoints, always sites of potential trouble. On one occasion, the team was stopped by a group of obviously drunk soldiers. Tony was ordered out of the vehicle, separated from his companions, and taken away into a room. And then a bottle of Schlivovitz, the local white spirit, um, is on the table, and I'm encouraged to drink. The only thing I could drink, and still the only thing I can drink, is reasonably is vodka. But, I don't know, a couple of hours later, I am soundly drunk, um, and this guy <laughs> has fallen off his chair and virtually can't stand. But, you know, we'd become brothers. <laughs> I'd heard some horrible stories of how he had at one stage been stationed around Sarajevo and shot people, and he was very proud to tell me, you know, he'd killed people. And by the time we left, it was farewell my brother sort of stuff and claps on the back and bangs on the side of the vehicle as you drive away yeah well i'm pleased i drank a bit of vodka at university but for a tired and increasingly troubled tony gardner the end was near his breaking point came one evening just before christmas in 1994 he set out from where he was staying to go to a united nations base for a shower and some food at first tony paid no attention to the large grassy bank a distance away to his right but then he noticed something odd. I heard a sort of a, a fluting, a flitting sound above me and didn't quite know what the sound was and I actually stopped walking. But I was curious as to what this flitting sound was. Further up the grass bank, the grass started to silently, completely silently, explode. Then these sort of explosions or bits of grass flying up started to come down the bank towards me. Then it all dawned on me. Then, the, you know, the synapses clicked. The thought fell into place. And I think, I think perhaps the sound arrived at that time, machine gun sound, that repercussion, bang, 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 bang. And then I knew exactly what was happening. I desperately wanted to fall to the ground to roll and move. And it felt as if for some reason gravity just decided to stop operating in that little patch for a moment there. And so the fear, you know, the raw fear that you're helpless, you can't do anything, that, that, that your reactions are, nothing's happening, you're trying to move but nothing's happening. And then I am on the ground, and I am rolling, and then I am up, and I am running. And once I'd run five, ten metres, I kind of immediately knew that I was very probably safe. Nevertheless, Tony was exhausted from the work and the strain of being under fire. He was done. It was a constant pressure and stress. Then having seen what I'd started to see, you know, that's, over time, that's very wearing. It's depressing. It's, it wears you down. And I think I just sort of had enough. Tony left Sarajevo on what was the last flight out of the city for some time. He made it home to New Zealand, settled in Wellington, got a job and met a girl. But the Bosnian War wasn't done with him yet. I certainly um, had lots of emotional moments. <laughs> um, I was always looking for reports in the media or reading stuff. Absolutely there were times when I just couldn't sort of help but cry and fall down a little bit. I think after, you know, six months, a year, it sort of started to subside a bit. You know, time does that. The siege was finally lifted in 1995, 43 months after it began. 
More than 12,000 people had been killed. Christmas 2014 will mark the 20th anniversary of Tony Gardner's departure from Sarajevo and the end of his contribution to the relief of its besieged citizens. He has never been back, but hopes in time to someday return. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.